Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, aka Gemma Peanut on Zagram, along with my co-host, Kate, Oh, aka Santa, baby. We did the Christmas episodes. Are we going back? No, I've brought you some gifts. Oh, Santa baby. Yeah. Are we doing this on the potty? We're doing this right now. It's a backhanded gift, I'll admit. First of all, I love it when you go rogue and just decide (laughs) you're going to bring gifts onto the podcast. You do realise it's an audio platform? Yeah, all right. I am sick of you going on about your plant power and giving me shade for all my beauty recos and my serums and my creams. Hyalonic. Okay. I love my lotions and potions just as much as the next basic bitch, and I want to get you on board. I'll consider it. So I raided the beauty cupboard at work. Ooh, okay. I've got some treats for you. Oh my god, I'm excited. First of all, yeah. Read that, <laughs> dear listeners. Revs has given me a bottle of something, and it says on the front, quadruple hyaluronic acid serum. 5%. 5%'s a good whack of hyaluronic acid, so you should start with that one. I'm sorry, but this is word salad. It means nothing to anyone it except means... maybe the very point 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 zero one percent of actual beauty gurus Babe, out in the world. Get on board. We're all into skincare now. You're like five years behind. Hop on the train. No. What were you doing during lockdown if you weren't giving yourself an at-home facial? No, I am in to biology serums. Yes, that's plant lovely. power. Yep, lovely. all natural. Yep, biology is beautiful, but let's get Get some science on those pores. Okay, I'm open. I'm open. Hyaluronic acid. Yep. Next, you're going to need an AHA exfoliating solution. And here's a Summer Fridays one. Oh, my word. That's like a chemical peel, but a chill at home one. Oh, my God. See, I hear chemicals and I'm like, huh, I'm yeah. scared. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. It's going to burn me. Next, have some squalene. What the fuck is squalene? <laughs> That's really good for other stuff. Squalene. <laughs> See, you don't. See, you're, you're a no, sham. Wait. I love squalene. It's like a cleanser. It's really good for taking off makeup and resetting the skin and getting your canvas nice and clean. I'm sorry, you're not convincing me. You're a sham. Also, there's some vitamin C here. There's a little bit like semi natural for you. That's really good for brightness. Snake oil. Yeah, look, here's something from Gwyneth direct to you some goop glow. Oh, is it for my vagina? No, <laughs> it's glycolic acid. It's a glow peel. Okay, how is glyconic acid different glycolic. to Glycolic. How is glyc- You absolute Neanderthal. Tell me, expert in science <laughs> for the face, what's the difference between glycolic and hyaluronic? Oh my God, this is going to peel and take off the dead layers of skin and give you a fresh new layer of skin. And then you put on your hyaluronic to plump it up and make it juicy. God, you almost convinced me. Yeah, thank me later. Here we go, some ingestible collagen. Okay, okay. I draw the line at ingestibles. No, come on. No. Eat your beauty. Chuck it in a smoothie. Take it. Nah, I have a thing with ingestibles. Why? I feel like we have no hard proof that they work. And I really believe that when it comes to ingestible beauty, 
that it's all confirmation bias. Kind of like hair products that claim to cure postpartum hair loss and postpartum regrowth. Like I'm really suspicious about those kinds of products because when people share their before and after photos and they're like, here's a photo of me before I use the product and here's a photo of me after. How do we prove that your hair wasn't always in its new growth cycle by the time you finished using this product? I know. Look, it might all be hocus pocus, but please, here, just enjoy yourself. (laughs) Take a jade roller and put your creams on. Wait, hang on. You can't just hand me this contraption. That's actually a rose quartz roller. So when you put your creams on, yeah, that's it. Use it and just roll around your face. Doesn't that feel lovely? I'm actually really surprised by how it maintains its coldness. Yes, it's lovely, Oh, no, I'm into this. You are all about self-care. This is the ultimate self-care. No, I'm into this roller, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really into it. It feels really good. (laughs) I feel like it's de-puffing me as we speak. Yes, it does. So it does. It's like a lymphatic drainage massage for your face. (laughs) Say that again. It's like a lymphatic drainage massage for your face. Oh my God, you would think that you worked for a beauty company or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and lastly, here's some awakening moisture cream. My boss just threw that in for you. I'm not sure what that one does. <laughs> You'll have to Google that one. Hyaluronic acid is the juice of the people. No, I can't take it you seriously for when everyone. You... No, shut What's up on right now? Where is it? I'm <laughs> not drinking the Kool-Aid. It's not. You don't drink it. <laughs> you put it on with your. Oh, beautiful... says the person who hands me this fucking ingestible collagen. Put that in a smoothie. Thank me later. Feel beautiful. Here, here. Give me a hand. Put some of this. Rub it in your hands and warm the product. Oh, you have to warm it. Yeah, warm it up. Why? Actually, maybe you don't have to warm hyaluronic. You have no idea. Press, don't, 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 don't go in like sunscreen. Press it. Oh, press it on your face. That's it. Nice. I will say I see beauty gurus like patting their face. Yeah, yeah. Now like, take this roller thing and like, oh, okay. Yeah, and roll the product into your face. Mmm. Yes. Are you loving that self care? Oh my god! Look at this. It's turning back time. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm sorry, but you instantly look glowy. Shut up. You do. You instantly have a glow. It's because I have a sticky serum on my face. Of course, <laughs> I look glowy. What are you talking about? Sticky. Let me try some. It's oh, that's t- nice. Oh, what is this? Look, it's not too tacky. I'm into it. Okay, I'm into it. Yeah, Hyaluronic is your best mate. If you're feeling tired, if you've been up all night with kids, this is the beauty product that gives you instant bounce. I'm sorry. <laughs> But when did our podcast become a beauty influencer platform? I don't know, but you have not stopped rolling since I gave you that thing. Like I said, I'm into the rose quartz roller. If you love that, you'd love a gua sha. Okay, shut (laughs) up. No more. We're done with this. We are done. You know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for, bestie? I do not have time for my own son doing the reach around and eating his own shit. Oh. Dude, this is a thing. Okay, I've got a couple of things I need to get off my chest this week. Go for it. Number one, there is a difference between boys and girls, and it's really becoming blatantly obvious now that Iggy's won. So the first thing that I got to experience recently is this new thing he does. Whenever I take his nappy off, he reaches straight for his junk. Yes. And often, said junk is covered in funk. And said funk Not funky junk. No, it's shit. His cock and balls are covered in shit. I, I have to distract him. Like, I have to hand him something to hold and be like, oh, look over here, while I, like, rip the nappy off and do a chair. Otherwise, he just gets his hand covered in shit. And the other day, he did a massive punami. Like, I'm talking the mother of all punamis. Came up his back, down his thighs, and I didn't notice, because second child, soz. Neck minute, turn around, he's done the reach around, and he had a huge fistful of shit. And what does he do? 
straight in the mouth. Ew. I just about died. I'm so glad my husband wasn't home because he would effing die if yeah. he had witnessed that. Oh, Teddy did that once. So Isla didn't, right? No. But you know, I freaked out when Teddy did it. I called the nurse's hotline because I was like, oh my God. No. Can you eat your own shit I and did... not be violently ill? I did the same thing. I messaged my girlfriend, Soph, who has practiced medicine. And I was like, do I need to take him to a hospital? And she was like, I mean, if you monitor him and you're not seeing anything obvious and he should be fine. And he was. Yeah. I mean, if you even get a speck of feces in your eye, pink eye. (laughs) If you swallow a fistful of shit, how can you be okay? That's my question. That's his ingestible. (laughs) Human shit. But this is the thing. Raph never did that. No, Isla never ate her own shit. Wasn't even shit curious. No, neither was Raph. Yeah. Is it a boy thing? I, 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 look. I've always wanted to be that parent that's like, I don't want to gender identify or no. separate them too much. Yeah. But I'm noticing some real differences between the two of them. Baby boners. Also had my first experience of that this week. I would be really worried if Raph got a baby boner. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, baby boners are real. Yeah, I flipped out about it. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, this is happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, it turns out, a hard dick in the room, doesn't matter what the size is, is still really aggressive. <laughs> so aggressive. I know, it's a big shock. It was. And and look, Iggy's one. I don't know if that's late for a baby boner. I know some people say their sons start really early, but I was really taken aback. Yeah, Ted loves loves a boner. And it comes at the weirdest times. Yeah, because it's not... It's not sexual. It's not sexual. It's no. not based on arousal. No, no, no. It's no. more that it's, it's just, just a muscle. It's a muscle that's yeah. flexing itself. Yeah. But still, <laughs> it can show up at the most awkward of times, like the dinner table. Oh, no way. When we were in hotel quarantine, I just let the kids be naked the whole time because yeah. that's what they wanted and cool. And we were sitting at the dinner table one night having dinner and Teddy goes, Mom, Isla, look, it's growing. And we were like, what's grow? <laughs> oh, no. And Isla goes, what's happening? I think that was the first time she'd ever seen a boner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, oh, we're all into therapy. <laughs> so when boys take a keen interest in their tackle, yep. and I guess at some age and stage, they do start to like playing with it and mm-hmm. for the sensation. Yeah. How do you address that? Well, I think the advice is to guide them that it's a private activity, but do that with absolutely no shame or judgment, which is quite tricky to do. Wait, can you give me language? Yes. So I think the language is like, hey, mate, it's totally fine to play with your penis, but could you maybe go and do it in your bedroom on your own? Okay. Like, or that's an activity we do on our own. You can continue, but maybe you take it to your room. Okay. I like that. Okay, yeah. I feel like I needed that. I saw a mum at the park recently and she was like, Harrison, Harrison, put that back in your pants or we're going home. And I could just tell this was like an ongoing issue for her. That her, kids, <laughs> her kids are flasher. Oh dear. Some boys just love to get it out and swing it around. Yeah, and this is the interesting thing with girls and boys because little kids love to be nude. It's a shit fight every day to get Rafa to put clothes on. So yeah. she's often running around naked. Isla still loves to be naked at six. Yeah, so at what age is it appropriate versus yeah, not appropriate anymore? I because I remember, I know you say Isla runs around at home happily as a six-year-old naked, but when she's at my house and we get changed to go swimming, she seeks privacy. Yes, and that's, I think, a natural development that happens. And it started happening for her about a year ago. I'm always happy for her to be free and naked as a kid. 
I'm fine with it, but she started asking for privacy about a year ago and I was really sad about it. Question. Are you and Grey just naked around your kids openly or is um, that something you kind of... No, I wouldn't call us nudists, but we would like walk from the shower to the bedroom without... Closing. I wouldn't cover up. Yeah. No. Yeah. So she has seen you naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not nude in public. <laughs> no, that's different. I'm talking about in the home. Well, it first showed up before Isla. I took her to buy some clothes and she wanted to try a few things on. And normally we'd just do it on the shop floor, like pull a skirt on and everything. And she wanted to go into the change room, close the curtain and get changed privately. And she didn't want me to come in. Oh, okay. And I was a bit like, oh, but then also that's natural, right? At some point they have to start being like, no, no, this is my private body and start to have a bit more of bodily autonomy and that kind of thing yeah wow so that kicks in for her around six around five it was okay that's yeah, interesting that's school age yeah but teddy still would run down the beach naked with his tackles swinging free and fun and i'm a little bit like i think you've crossed over mate i think it's time to have some cozies on oh you reckon at three yeah. well he's gonna be four in may he's so. almost four i don't know I, I think it's just an intuition thing this is no shade to anyone else's you do you like yeah. honestly no judgment to other kids but I just look at my son and think I think you need Dax on do you know what's interesting for me with boys is their junk is just so there <laughs> it's just so out there girls are so neat tucked away <laughs> it's all tucked away it's not in your face and yeah I it's find it's not gonna swing through the breeze and hit anyone in the leg <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> But yeah, I think the boy versus girls thing is it's an interesting argument because something that I really had to put up with a lot, because as we know, Rafa climbed very early on in life. I can't even tell you how many mums I've had in the park who are mums of boys who have come up to me and they're like, oh, a little girl. It's so nice how little girls will just sit and read a book. And I'm like, what? what? No. no, like my kid is climbing walls. And then I find that gender stereotype quite, I found it quite confronting at first. Cause I was like, really? Does everyone just think boys are like rambunctious little tornadoes that run around wreaking havoc all the time. And that girls are just these meek little things that sit in the corner and read books because my children could not be more opposite to those archetypes. Yes. However, in some ways they are textbook boy and girl. True. And I think this is a really good time to state Obviously, this is not a blanket rule. No, and we're generalizing. We're generalizing. Actually, we're going to talk very specifically just about our own children. Gray and I often joke because we were like, we could have been served any kind of kid, a not neurotypical kid, a trans kid, a tomboy girl, a feminine boy. We would have been so open and happy with any child that we had the privilege to raise. But we have been given two cliched gender archetype in our boy and our girl. You definitely have. Yeah. We have a girly girl and a... Well, that's not entirely true. Teddy loves a dress. Teddy does love a dress. He loves a dress up. Okay. Yeah. So you he's think... theatrical, but he's also hella into cars and vehicles and... Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs and Lego and building stuff. And he literally puts on this butch voice where he's like, I'm angry! <laughs> like, he's just like, he's such a typical boy in yes. so many ways. Yes, there of course are little flourishes and nuances to his personality, but he's such a typical boy. Where And Isla is such a typical girl. We went through the Frozen phase, then we moved into the unicorn phase then we moved into the ballet phase you can tell you have a cliched basic kid when whatever they're into is on their size of t-shirt at target it's so true so it's like oh size four oh it's a unicorn oh is every four-year-old into unicorns she's not special little snowflake oh okay she's basic (laughs) 
god, it's so true. Rafa is a girly girl from Girl Town. She is, but with the physical capabilities of what would be classified as a typical boy. Right, because she's very active. And she's a climber. Yeah. You know, she's a jumper. Like, she's a daredevil, which is aligned mostly with boys being a little more, like, rough and tumble. Like, she is that. But she's not rough and tumble. She doesn't wrestle. She wrestles her dad. Oh, does she? Oh, my God. They love rough play. (laughs) Yeah, she loves being thrown around. (laughs) Loves it. Okay, but she loves a tutu. Loves a tutu. Loves a dolly. Yep. Loves putting a little baby to bed. Adores it. Loves playing mummy. Yes, Loves pushing a little pram. Okay, I need to talk about this whole maternal nurturing vibe that comes out in girls. So I watched this really interesting documentary in the UK. This is years ago, so I'm going to have to dig deep into Google to try and find it because I feel like our dear listeners are going to go, what is it? But it was this whole awesome documentary focusing on nurture versus nature. And it was a competition between a scientist who's a firm believer in nature and then this female psychologist who was all about we can nurture our children into what they ultimately become. Mm. So it's a really interesting and and one's obviously science based and the other psychology based so it made for a really interesting argument on both parts. And one of the experiments was they talk about the gender argument of boys and girls and how they're both so physiologically different but also that lends into their interests. Right. So it's also in the neurological, more cerebral side of what makes a mother so nurturing and maternal and what makes men that hunter-gatherer personality. So this is what they did. I found it so cool. So there's a forest and they both agreed it had to be like a jungle or a forest in the middle of nowhere that has had where the animals have had no exposure even to like ad campaigns, like billboards and a highway. Animals? Yes. Animals? Yeah. Whoa. Animals get exposed to billboards? Well, if you think about like, say, I can use Thailand as an example, like there are some highways that go through some really dense... But animals look at billboards? Well, I think the whole point of their argument is that they they it's can't untouched. be it's untouched, uninfluenced. Okay. So they go into this remote jungle and forest and there's like a tribe of monkeys in there. So they're like perfect candidates for the experiment. Now, all the monkeys live up in these treetops. So what they did was they put all these hidden cameras in and they littered the entire jungle floor with just two things. Baby dolls and trucks Mm. that was it then they left these cameras to film waited 24 hours and then extracted the footage what they discovered was every single male monkey without exception crawled down from the trees and made their way to each of the trucks and were all spinning the wheels it was like instinctively they all wanted to flip the trucks on their backs and spit and this one to wreck shit <laughs> yeah they just wanted to wreck shit but they also really enjoyed the kinetic movement right of- to see how it was put together yes okay. exactly so what we would normally associate with a male trait exactly and all of the female monkeys again without exception went straight to the baby dolls and naturally rocked them even the baby monkeys wow. female baby monkeys were doing that but isn't that crazy it's crazy so what is your instinct here because we obviously we've moved on beyond there's boys and there's girls and we've also moved beyond but some boys like dolls and some girls like trucks we now know it's a total spectrum these blanket boy girl traits don't account for trans kids or people with different orientations or how some people identify so we know now that you can't simply 
put people into boxes. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So what's your instinct on whether nature will out or whether you can nurture? I'm a huge believer in nature will out. Right, okay. In the same way that Rafa and Iggy could not be more polarizing, gender aside, I'm talking about their base personalities. Like Rafa is just adventurous, sprightly, spirited, busy, curious, and Iggy's just a chilled out observer, takes his time, very tentative with how he approaches the world, and he's a bit of a sensitive soul. Yeah. They're just so different, and that's inherently who they are. That is nature. That is not nurture. Yeah. What I feel that well, they're I, being nurtured exactly the same. They're being nurtured exactly the same. Or are they? Do we treat our girls differently to how we treat our boys? Or you could argue, do we treat our firstborns differently? to our second born. Well, definitely. Well, there's so exactly, but there's so many layers that you can kind mm. of take and dissect. Yeah. But I do I I am a strong believer and look, maybe for me I like that it takes the pressure off me as a parent if I go with the oh no, nature will out. Like they are who they are. Look, I I do fundamentally believe that you can nurture their values and their foundations of simple things like manners and like, their worldview. Absolutely. Yeah. All of those things. But I can't make Iggy adventurous no. just as I can't make Rafa chill out. Chill out. <laughs> like I can't. It's just who they are. So we're really talking about personality. Yeah. One thing where our children are typical is that our girls were so advanced off the milestones and our boys took their time. Mm. Like Isla was in such a damn rush on her milestones. Mm -hmm. And they always say that girls are faster and ahead of the boys, right? And I think there is scientific proof behind this. The school age data shows that girls outperform boys in that environment. And it's an environment, right? It doesn't Mm. mean girls are smarter. It means they are academically perform better. If you compare ages to ages with genders. Yeah. Because boys just take their time. And the same goes with puberty. Like they say that girls, generally speaking finish puberty at 18 whereas boys finish puberty at 21 oh right yeah so it takes them longer to go through the stages which is why it's really interesting because when you go to an all boys school for example and you observe a year group like year eight it's so interesting because sometimes you see these really undeveloped young boyish looking boys and then and kids in year who eight, are shaving no seriously like yeah. man kids yeah. in year eight <laughs> and the differences are so pronounced yeah and i find it really interesting it's like less obvious with girls i mean Revs, you could talk about this with your early development. Well, both of us, you were a late developer yeah. and I was an early developer. So what there was there would have been like five years there where I was like had my period and acne and weird hair and you were like still a nymph. <laughs> balleting through the forest with not a care in the world but again it's always that grass is always greener right because I remember being 15 you were desperate to bleed all over your undies I was I was I was like 15 and being like I want my period everyone else has got their period and being really upset and then god more fool me like the second I got it I was like oh I've got to deal with this for like decades (laughs) I don't have time for this But that is so funny. Like, why are we even doing tests to find out who outperforms who? Like, why does it matter? I guess it doesn't matter. It's more like in science, it's an observation. And not that we can do anything about it, but sometimes it can inform decision making. I don't know if you've ever read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outlier, but it's a really interesting book that looks at how boys perform in a year group based on the age they are when they enter a year group and what month they're born. So to give you an example, they talk about kids who enter a year group 
old for their year as opposed to young for their year because we talk about how boys develop at different rates. To summarise what I took away from the book, I was influenced to perhaps hold Iggy back. Which is the trend at the moment. And let him be more mature for his year entering into a year group being older. And what Malcolm Gladwell talks about in the book is this idea of how underdog behavior can be learned. So if you're young in your year group and say you're not excelling as well at, let's say, sport, because it's a real physical development thing, you rest on your laurels of, oh, well, of course I can't win that swimming race. That guy is seven. Of course he beat me in that swimming race because I'm still six. And the differences between six and seven are huge at that age still, even in school age years. So they take on that underdog into other areas of life? Yes. And if you look at a kid who's older and physically more mature, they'll be in what's called the A class of sport. So let's just say there's a basketball team. So the older kids who are more physically developed will be in the group A in their sporting field. That means they get the best coach. Mm. Whereas if you're in the group B, you're not considered as strong as the group A. So then you might get the less experienced coach. So then You won't get the good courts to play on and you won't get the sponsorship of the uniform or the shoes. Or... But it's also that thing where you need to be challenged by your peers, mm-hmm. rising you up to be better. So if you're in a good group, you're accelerated to excel in a way, right. as opposed to being in the group that is less physically able, if that makes sense. So I was old in my year at school. Yes. I was quite, and I loved being older. Yeah. I liked the maturity. Sometimes I was like, ah, eh, you can have your stupid, petty little fight. This is so beneath me. And this is what Malcolm talks about as well, is this Malcolm, idea. Malcolm, our mate Malcolm. <laughs> my mate Malcolm, glad <laughs> I know I am talking about him like a mate. He does talk about this ownership of being an older kid in the year group can lead you to more opportunities to be a natural leader Mm. because you're almost forced into that role simply based on your age. Oh, right. Yeah, so it's really interesting. And when I look at Rafa and Iggy, because Rafa is advanced in inverted commas for her age and she does show natural leadership traits to her personality that I think she would be fine in whatever year group. I put her in whether she's young for her year or not because I've seen her thrive in a group of kids with many ages and she's never held herself back when she's in older kid company. Yeah. Now, Iggy, taking this sweet-ass time with life in general, I don't want him to get kind of swallowed up. So then if I put him in a year group where he's already young for his year, then I feel like he would just kind of play into that role of, oh, I'm younger, there's older kids. You know, they're physically more advanced than me. Whereas if I wait a year so that he's older, then he can't lean on that excuse. Excuse isn't the right word. I know what you mean. He won't take that on. No. Hopefully. So I have a similar thing with Teddy because he's born in May. So in Australia, that means it's like you can kind of choose. Do you start him at four turning five or do you you start him at five turning six? And my fear is not about the start of school because I feel like he could, he'd probably be ready next year to start school. It's when he's at the end of school. I don't want him being 16 with 18 year old Mm, contemporaries who are driving and making all these life decisions and he's trying to keep up and he's already such a show pony. He loves to impress people and perform. I don't want him trying to show off and hang with the big boys when he's 16 and everyone else is 18. So that it's the other end that I'm worried about. That's interesting. So what about Isla? Well, Isla, so she started school early for an Australian kid because we were in the UK and in the UK they start at four. Oh. And the curriculum's just a bit different. And the school term starts in September, right? August. 
Oh, August. August, September. Um, and yeah, there were some kids three turning four starting school. Whoa. Yeah. That blows. The curriculum is different because it takes into account that they're much younger. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a preschool vibe for the first couple of years. Mm. But this is so funny because we think we can control this stuff. I know. We think we can go, well, he's going to be born in May. So that means, okay, I've got it sorted. There'll be no problems. I know. I know. I love how I'm sitting here like dissecting it all and having this conversation like, hear me out. You've like, read a book. You know what? you're doing i mean it's just completely absurd how parents obsess over this stuff it's like when people obsess over baby led weaning and all this it's like when you if we fast forward 15 years are we going to look at a lineup of children and go ah that kid was definitely baby led weaned look at the dexterity in his hands he plays piano really well because he was baby led like it's just bullshit yeah that kid's so smart and they must have been breastfed Can I just say, if there's any other parents who find themselves getting all in knots about what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing and what all these conversations are, especially around babies, just give yourself a break. Pat yourself on the back and go, no, I'm doing okay. If you're sitting here with an iPhone listening to a podcast, (laughs) chances are your kid is going to be okay. Yeah. Personally, I think we give ourselves way too much credit for how our kids turn out. Totally. So you must subscribe to the idea of nature will out. I do. Yeah. Classic one. I've got two really good eaters. They're so good that I don't even think about it. Like they'll eat all their vegetables, fruit. They love raw veggies, broccoli, you know, all the things that classically kids don't want to eat. They'll eat a pork chop. They'll eat steak. They'll eat fish. They'll eat all the things. I didn't do that to them because sometimes I'm filming them for my stories, whatever, and they've got these plates of dinner in front of them. And I I won't even notice that their dinner's in the shot. And then I'll get five DMs. It's like, how do you get your kid to eat capsicum? How do you get your kid to eat broccoli? And I'm like, oh, I take zero credit. My kids are just good eaters. It's luck. Mm. Then when they've got a problem, like Isla's a bedwetter, I go, what have I done to bring mm. on this bedwetting? That's so interesting. So I don't. Because it's not you. It's, well, it's the same thing, right? Like I didn't do anything to make her a good eater. Just as you didn't do anything to make her a bedwetter. Didn't do anything to make her a bedwetter. Like you like, haven't failed her. And this no. is the problem is we all think we're like failing our kids. And, and something we do have to be careful of is we get... There's a lot of businesses, they are there to find your pain points as a mother. Yes. I have bought literally every single product on the market worldwide that claims to help with sleep. Of course you did. I've Isla. had the Shusha. I've had the, the Glow Dreaming Nightlight. I've had lavender incense. I've had room spray. I've had things you plug into the wall. I've had sound machines. I've had sleep consultants come in. I've bought specific bed sheets, silk bed sheets, 100% yeah. cotton. I've tried bubble bath that's supposed to help them wind down at the end of the day. I have spent thousands of dollars on products that claim to help with kids sleep. And were they all targeted to you via Instagram and Facebook ads? Oh yeah, I got served that content probably because I went, ah, I'm tired <laughs> one, one time. Yeah. Or you were Googling, how do I? Yeah. And you know what? When Isla started sleeping, I didn't do that either. She just started doing it. I just think we give ourselves way too much credit for how much influence we have over our kids. Which doesn't mean we shouldn't help guide them with matters and their interpersonal skills and how they play with each other and how they should talk about other people and what they should keep to themselves and things like that. But I just think personality stuff, like you can't, don't try and change them. Totally. Only nurture. That's the nurturing part. I guess we feel like we're strongly on the side of nature. Yeah. Because it takes the pressure off me. It takes the responsibility off me and I like it. Yeah. It's like that surrendering to the universe thing. I don't want to feel like I had too much say in how my kids turn out because what if they turn out bad? 
What if you fuck them up? I know. Look, we are going to fuck up our kids. Oh, and our kids are 100% going to turn around and blame us for all of their psychological issues. Uh, Absolutely. And I'll tell you, it will not be anything we've read a book about or tried really hard. Like, (laughs) it's going to be something we didn't even think about. My fear is that my kid's going to be like, you know what? For my whole childhood, you had your face in a screen. Oh, I think we all have that fear. (gasps) It's so real. For the first time the other day, Rafa said, Daddy, put your phone down. Yeah, and he did. He did. It's jarring. Yeah, it was a dagger. He was like, oh, crap. Like, she really demanded that of me. Yeah. Teddy takes my face in his hands and moves my gaze away from the phone to his face. I feel like this is a universal issue because phones are so addictive. They just help. We need help. How do we break the cycle? Ad break. Got to keep the lights on. DLs, you're not going to want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand. I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs. As you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay, so on your reco, I've started using Wild Natural Deodorant and then Wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range. So obviously we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. (laughs) So I've been using Wild Deodorant for nine months now and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so Mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was Mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me, it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I've found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy and it comes in the body wash too and I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Rebsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant Mm. case Mm colour and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And of course... All wild products are vegan and cruelty-free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Use code NOTIME, all caps, no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wild are offering in Australia and it's exclusively for you, DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. I caught up with one of our girlfriends the other day who has an eight-year-old and she was telling me about the challenges and complexities with kids having phones Mm. and what apps they're allowed Mm. because it's really hard as a parent to navigate. And I'm freaking terrified of this when our kids enter that age and stage of life. We were so protected from it. There Mm. was none of that. There was no Facebook when we grew up through school and high school. But she Uh was saying, "Uh uh-oh, ICQ. And our parents didn't know we were on ICQ. No, they didn't. And MSN, Messenger, do you remember that? Having these flirty chats with boys from the boys' school. (laughs) All the time. But I asked her, is your daughter on TikTok? And she said, well... 
She isn't, but the hard thing is is that her two best friends from school are. Oh. Their parents have given them accounts. And she said it's really hard to compete with that because you want to protect your child from the internet and the dangers of social media, but but then at the same time, you're also alienating them from what other kids are talking about in school, and mm. that's really hard. Mm. So I don't know how you kind of... I don't know how you strike a balance with what the right thing to do is. Yeah. And we're not there yet. Who knows, in five years' time, what apps are going to be out then? We have no idea. We've drawn a really hard line around gaming. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah. I just have this fear... That because I know gaming is really addictive. I just have this fear for my kids that they'll just get into this like thing they have to wake up and log onto and sit in a dark room all day and just stare at a screen. And I feel like they have their they're gonna have their whole lives to stare at a screen. I know, but they do have screen time. I'm not anti-screen, but gaming just to me is really frightening. Like I feel like it's a slippery slope. Maybe because I don't understand it. I'm not a gamer. Never have been. Don't even play Candy Crush. Oh my God, who even are you? Unless you're playing Candy Crush. <laughs> I, I'm a hardcore gamer. So I feel like I could help guide a kid through the world of gaming a little bit more. Oh, when my kids have gone, oh, can we get a Wii? Or an...? I'm like, nah, hard no. Hard no on the gaming because I'm just scared of it. No, I get that. But there's going to be a point though where Teddy or Isla will just ask you, over and over every year and they're going to say my friends play this game yeah. and then they go to their friend's house and play this game and they come home and they can't stop talking about it and you're going to and then at some point the mum guilt's going to kick in and yeah. maybe you'll give in or maybe you won't I don't know but I think it's really hard to come this is where you come up against other parents yeah. type of parenting yeah yeah well this leads really well into what I don't have time for at the moment what don't you have time for today I Redsy? don't have time for people forecasting motherhood for me what do you mean i mean like telling me what it's going to be like a year from now or 10 years from now like you know the classic oh you think it's hard now just you wait till they're teenagers oh i can't bear that either i can't bear it because i can't deal with five years from now i can't deal with tomorrow Mm. i can deal with today until 7 p.m you know what i mean like yeah and then you crack open the wine (laughs) i just i can't take on the weight of how much harder life is going to be with child at X age. And I just don't even know what to say to people anymore when they're like, well, just you wait until they're 13. I'm like, cool. I just have a sense of humor failure. Yeah, no, I get that. I can't even like joke along with them. I just want to smoke bomb out of the conversation. And I do struggle particularly about that line of, oh, you think it's hard now? Yeah. Because it's like, no. It's so diminishing. It is. And every stage of kidhood or raising kids at certain stages is hard in its own way the challenges you've still got all the challenges it's just the challenges present differently yeah you know like with a newborn they don't demand much but you're feeding around the clock you know you're changing nappies you're dealing with a nap schedule you're tired af yeah and then when it's toddlers yeah they're more independent but then you're negotiating and da 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 and when they're teenagers they're fiercely independent but then you worry like what's going on in their inner world and inner life and they've got all these friends who can influence them in a bad way and you don't have control over that Mm. like I think it's all hard and we all just need to stop forecasting parenting for everyone yes right like but I need to check myself I was just about to say because I have been guilty of 
telling friends with one kid how how much harder it is having two. I hate myself every time I do it and I hear myself like word vomiting and I'm like, Jem, stop. stop. Just stop. Stop talking. Stop talking. Wait till they get to two. You don't need to try and tell them how hard it's going to be for them. They'll figure it out for themselves. I know. So this is the thing. I really need to check myself, especially being the elder mum in our group because mm. I do have to stop myself going like, snigger, snigger. I mean, I do it to you all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, two, you think two's bad. Wait mm. for three. I do it. Yeah, we all no, we all do. So I think we all need to collectively agree. Yes, we have to hold hands and agree to get off each other's tits. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But sometimes like it's like a connect you have with another mum. Where it's like, oh, they think that's rough. We know, you know, two kids is way harder. But I think it's fine to have like an ally of someone in the same position. Sure. But it's just more that you don't need to impart your so-called wisdom Mm. or so-called forecasting of how hard it's going to be to the younger mama. Yeah. Like, I think that's so annoying, but it's a trait we all do. And it will definitely contribute to the overwhelm yes of new motherhood yeah like if it makes me feel overwhelmed like i feel like i'm solidly through the overwhelm woods mm. in some ways right like people hit me with advice if i'm like yeah yeah yeah, cool I've, I've got a rhythm going on like i don't take it on like i did when i was a new mum with my yeah. firstborn but when someone says something about like well when this starts or like a lot of the chat about what we we're talking before with whether you hold your kid back like this is really on my mind about teddy because mm. it's coming up to the time when we need to make that choice for him and i just like i can't hear everyone's opinions i can't handle the noise yeah it's too much i need to just quiet it down and try and go into myself and go back to my instincts yes yes but, but then i don't practice what i preach oh, my poor sister i just like heap advice on her any chance I get she gives me this small crack in the door and I'm like open all the windows here comes the advice (laughs) oh my god we're all such complex contradictions like I am the biggest hypocrite ever so when Rafa was first born we had bought this white linen couch from Ikea which also converted as a sofa bed and I was like I'm gonna put that in Rafa's room so that if I need to lie there it converts so I can have a proper sleep in her room if I need it I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, a white couch. Oh, Vegemite fingers are going to have a ball with that white couch, you know. And I would always be really defensive and say things like, well, that's why it's designed so that you can rip up the sheets and wash them. Yeah, but how often are you really going to wash them? I've become that person. (laughs) I've got friends who have invested in white couches and I'm like, white couch and I'm like Jem shut up this friend right here bitch (laughs) I've got a white couch I've got a white linen couch dear listener I feel like I need to fill out the gaps of this story so Revs has this old couch that's cream and over the years it's gone a bit gray but it's a really lovely couch and she's not willing to give up on it which I totally get Uh, you will have to rip that couch out of my cold dead hands it's such a good fancy couch I'm never getting rid of it so what did she do she did a great thing she went and invested in getting brand new slip covers and I thought how clever slip covers perfect you cover up the old couch it gets a second life you've got kids this is the perfect solution for a temporary problem I'm not (laughs) saying kids are a temporary problem but they kind of are wow wow but what does revs do she chooses white bitch you can bleach white no. Y- yes. 
You don't have time for that. I do. No, you don't. Well, my husband does. He does the laundry. And you know what? We do it once a month. We bleach the covers and they come off a treat. You can't bleach bloody grey mull. <laughs> okay? Because you'll get patches and it'll get weird and it'll discolour. White can't discolour. Okay, I hear you. I had a white couch. I did the whole pull apart, bleached it, put it back on, and I shit you not, less than 10 minutes later, <laughs> Raph ran towards it with strawberry hands. <laughs> and just like that... It needed a second wash. And could I be fucked? No. And then I learnt to live with all the pink splotches all over my perfect white couch. And then suddenly a bit of avocado smudge gets on it. And then I'm like, huh. And then your friends come over and then you're like apologising and you do that thing where you're like, oh, it's such a mess. Oh, my cat. Like, it's just... Do you know what? We do put throw, throw rugs over the couch and we never really take them off. Like, we're like, what are we protecting the couch from? Like, the day when we unveil it and go ah there it is and then we quickly put them back down to protect the couch so true look i just want a motherfucking white couch okay look pinterest has told you you want a white couch i am not immune from beautiful instagram interiors my coastal living room needs a white linen couch okay so i'm gonna have it it's white on white on white on white on white on white on white and you know what i fucking love it is it practical no do i do it anyway yes it is practical if you can be asked to do the laundry gem which i can't <laughs> i simply insert name of podcast here you simply don't have time <laughs> i don't have time you what i don't have time say again I don't have, have time, time. <laughs> oh god is it so terrible is it time to wrap up the That's podcast? like teenagers doing Hamilton on YouTube. <laughs> White teenagers doing Hamilton on YouTube. It's so cringe. We don't have. We don't need a reprise. Stop. Just, just. Curtain call. We don't have time. Oh, God. We don't have time. Oh, hell. We don't have time for this. Still going. Okay. No, stop. Say again now. Don't have time. Oh, you Stop sucking me into your tunes. I don't have time. Oh, she's still going. We don't have time. I gotcha. Don't have time for this. Do we just write an outro? (laughs) (laughs) The outro that we said one of these days will have an outro. Maybe this is the day. This is the day. No, okay. We need to get on to hashtag not sponsored. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got a really good one, but I'm sorry. It's like a major Goliath corporate monster. (laughs) Oh, God. Here we go again. That means I'm going to have to do a small biz shout out next. We'll start thinking because I'm going, because I'm going big chain store. Oh God, it better be on budget then. It's super budget. So speaking of interiors, we've all gone sick for rattan, haven't we? Yes. Okay. I have a theory on this, but you go. No, what? I don't want to shit on your hashtag no sponsor. Sounds like you're gonna. (laughs) Get on with it. No, you go. Rattan is such a huge trend. Yeah. And it's a classic though. Like it's marble. A, it, it's yeah. an absolute classic, but there is such a thing as rattan ODing. Oh, for shiz. And like, I can't handle it when I look at Insta homes where everything, like the side table, the coffee table, the lamp, <laughs> the bed, like everything is freaking rattan. Oh my God. Are you feeling self conscious? <laughs> my lamp is rattan right there, right, right in front of you, next so- to my rattan armchair. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on top of your rattan side table. Oh God. <laughs> Anyway, we all love Rattan. 
sure, be choosy. You do you. If you want to return on return on return on return home, so be it. No, I'm all super beachy. I am all about touches of return. Just a touch. What would we? Like, just minimalist return. Yeah, minimalist return. I feel I got you coming on. You have so much fucking return in your house. No, I have. Say return again. <laughs> return. And also, didn't you call it ratten? I've never called it ratten. One of our friends calls it ratten. Well, it wasn't fucking me. <laughs> I reckon it was you. There's no way. There's no way. How long have you known me? I don't mispronounce interior trends. It's return. All right, fashionista. <laughs> so, fuck, let me do my hashtag not sponsored. Okay, okay. Just leave the room, guys. So, Kmart have unveiled a really sick rattan line and it's affordable because let's be honest it's just woven grass <laughs> it really shouldn't be $1,600 for a rattan coaster they've done bedheads and they're like 200 bucks for a queen bedhead that's really nice design they've got baskets they've got trays they've got things for kids rooms it's just a really cute curated someone who's doing the buying has done it really well and it'll all sell out because it's came up. But guys, go check it out. Do you I know what? I've just Googled it. And yeah. I will say, <laughs> I was expecting some like hectic garish return bedhead. And it's actually quite pared back in design. And I like it. No, it's really nice. Especially yeah. if you're doing up a spare room or something. I don't know. Fucking, yeah. I don't know where you put your return. But this is some good stuff. And it's like, now I'm covered in shame. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do your own. <laughs> I've ruined your ratten story. It's not... I've got nothing to say. <laughs> I've got nothing to say. What's your hashtag not sponsored? Okay, well, after your really subtle plug of Kmart giant. Yeah, I'm in with Big Rattan now. (laughs) I have to pitch a small biz, another mum run biz. It's a beautiful brand called Fawn and Finch. And I will say up front, right from the beginning, I do not have a discount code. So please don't slide into my DMs and ask me. I'm very sorry, but I don't. Fawn and Finch does the best range of kids' shoes. I'm obsessed. They're so beautiful. And the quality of the material is divine. Are they the ones Rafa was wearing yesterday? Yes. Oh, they're so nice. They do a great range in sandals because I love a sandal. Yeah. But not only that, they do the best winter boots for kids. Oh, nice. And not only that, they also do an amazing range of women's wear shoes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they've got these slides. Can you see them, Rebs? Oh, I see them. They're divine. Yeah. Aren't they They're beautiful? fucking rattan. <laughs> Oh my god, they are. I mean, they kind of look like rattan. They're really nice. They are nice. Born and Finch, may I have a pair? <laughs> Please send all your rattan to me. Size 39. <laughs> they are so beautiful. And I just feel like, again, it's affordable fashion. They're yes, really nice. It's a boutique. It's not supporting like big business. But I think the price point is really fair. Oh, cool. Yeah, so check them out. Fawn and Finch Fawn on and Instagram. Finch, lovely. Cue the outro. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. Okay, so first thing, introduce yourself to everyone. I am Ayla Robertson. And how old are you? Six. What do you think a podcast is? Talking about stuff. Yeah. Silly stuff. What do you think mummy does for a job? Directing. And what's Auntie Jem's job? Taking nice pictures. 
a photographer. How do you think me and Auntie Jem know each other? From school? Yeah. When me and Elsie are 35, I hope we have a podcast. Oh yeah, what would your podcast be about? How to make friends. How to make friends? What, what do you talk about with your friends? It's a secret. Oh, it's a secret. Do you think you have a good mummy? Uh, I'm just going to go with yes, because <laughs> I love her really much. Would you say I'm a good mum or a wallet mum? What's a wallet mum? A wallet mum is like a mum who never has the right things in her bag. She only just ever has a wallet with her. I say you're a wallet mum. Yeah, you'd be right about that. Yeah. Do you know any good mums? Auntie Claire. Yes, Auntie Claire is a good mum. And what about Auntie Jem? Is she a wallet mum or a good mum? A wallet mum. Definitely a wallet mum. <laughs> but she does bring water in her bag. She's always got water? Yeah. Yeah. Well, got to stay hydrated. How does it feel having a mum that works? Bad. Bad? I wish you could just pick me up from school. I know. I mean, no, mummy. I'm really proud of you. You are? Yeah. And what do you think you want to be when you grow up? Actually, I want to be a police. A policewoman? Yeah, why? Because I protect people. I would always never want to be a podcaster. Why? But listening to podcasts isn't really boring. No, you like... It's just making podcasts is boring. Takes a long time, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I don't have time for? And what don't you have time for? You know what, babe? What? I have all the time in the world for you. Yay! Love you, baby. Love you too.